Yeah, we need a testimonial, not just from from us. You're right. Yeah, yeah, we sell everything. <laughs> We're passionate about everything map related. We got right. tens and stickers. Yeah, they need an outside source. Absolutely. Yeah, you want to get into it, bro? Let's fucking do this thing, bro. Um, let's cop it off. Old school. Old school. Watch out! Watch out! Ready? Yeah. One, two, three. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome man, Brandon, a sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 161 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Please subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. Shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I'm Brandon. And with me, as always, the pod blue blood to my Cinderella. Most awesome. Yeah. What's up, buddy? No, I'm just kidding. I was playing around. I'm, I'm watching the game. I was just fucking with you. <laughs> little, nothing like nothing like dead air for a podcast. Yeah. Yeah, right yeah. There, yeah, I think the rank is dead air. And then um, like maybe you trying to remember an athlete, like yes. me trying to remember like a joke, and then like us Googling something. Yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. like that's, that's the order of that's uh, the hierarchy of, of listener hate. What's going on, bro? How's your weekend? It's the it's, it's good. Uh, I'm a little sore today, B. I'll tell sore. you what. You work yeah, out of but what's that you working out again nah just okay. around the house working around okay. the house all right uh did a little uh, uh power washing we've got some stuff on the side of our house yeah power wash that and had, had to go up on the ladder it's it's it might my shoulders are sore i'm i need okay. to maybe i need to get into the gym a little bit more do you have a, do you have to rent one or you got you have a power washer oh no i had to rent one yes yes, yes. Had i had to rent one and i also had this super embarrassing moment because i also had a piece of siding that fell off of our house and i did not have a tall enough ladder to get there and so i talked to my neighbor and he's got like a 24 foot ladder yeah. so i brought that over and then i was telling him about the power washer and he's like well you want me to just leave this over here and i was like nah my ladder should get all the way to the top of it you know me plus however far plus the power washing spray yeah and and then when i got right up to the tippy top of it and it wasn't getting the last little bit like it it would rinse it but it wasn't power washing yeah, it yeah. the water so i had to go over tail, tuck my tail between my legs and be like can i borrow your ladder again so emasculated yeah yeah there is there's a little little ladder envy on that also how is how's the relationship with neighbors oh it's uh it's good we have so this is a this is problematic with having a wife that's a veterinarian is is that mm. everyone we have one neighbor that has come over and knocked on the door in the middle of the night because middle of their of the dog yeah, yeah well i shouldn't say middle of the night like nine o'clock our kids are in bed and it's like yeah. mm, fucking call like call yeah. text like don't just come walking over or uh, we're not your concierge fucking well, we she's not your concierge fucking vet so don't yeah knock on the door yeah we don't get paid yeah exactly so that's that that can be a little problematic we've we've had to or she has had to kind of talk with the with the wife and just kind of like hey you know here's a skinny on this um you know in a very nice you know nice way but by and large i'd say our neighbors are are pretty good you know what i mean our one across the street's a total busybody and she watches our house and she'll like text us if uh we leave our garage open so that's nice oh nice does she listen to the pod you think she might, she might. She might. Just a little shout out. Bur, bur, bur. What up, Ronette? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
<laughs> like to be up in the know this is where to get the information let's go cool, but like the neighbors are they coming over for like barbecues like once a year like for like a memorial day thing are they inviting you over to their thing or is it more of just like being polite or is it just like a, a just kind of a, a, a like a little nod of the finger like every time you guys pass each other that's about it yeah yeah the little all always nod of the finger always got to hit them with the high as you're yeah. going by right yep, 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 yep. and then um the ones that have kids our age will be a little bit more social there's one neighbor uh, actually we just went over to their house and had pizza and let the kids like run around a little bit um that their kids are like basically the same age as 2.0 and commission so works really well they have a dog too so we had you know pizza and and watched uh some college basketball oh nice okay well since you brought up college basketball i guess we yeah. won't spend this entire pod <laughs> actually talking about neighbors uh we'll get into it because we got a jam-packed episode 161 we're doing rip from the headlines we're doing the tourney check-in that's right it's march madness it was going to get biased guys well then we're going to do a uh, date night uh mm-hmm. we dug into 1984's dune david lynch there's a lot of backstory to that that's gonna have a lot of fun with that we might we're gonna swim swim around in that pond for a beat we're gonna jump into the neapolitan showdown we're doing top things that have the number four in it uh, then we're going to do a Mab League update. That's right, Mab League, guys. Season two, you guys have been following. Uh, postseason is underway with game ones in the book. We'll talk a little bit about what we saw from those games one, give you guys an update, kind of what we see heading into the championship, and, you know, keep getting you guys excited about it until you hit up that inbox with wanting to get into Mab League. And then we're going to finish, as we always do, with our MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you're out of power. It starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. Talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines there. If you wanna be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. All right. Uh, we're from the headlines. Tourney check and what are we talking about this week, brother? Ooh, because we are, as we're recording this, Elite Eight getting set on our way Monday and Tuesday as you're listening to this pod. Final four. We're getting close, B. We're getting there. Um, yeah, what are they going to mess this up with all this? Like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Why are we doing this like Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday thing now? Yeah, it, I, I don't. I, I know we I, a couple. Weeks yeah, ago. I have no idea. I think it. I it, it, it is it for just like socially distance and just just. I'm not sure. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. It's just I mean, it's kind of weird. I, I don't know if it's like maybe. I don't know how they could think like the ratings can get much higher. Maybe it's that people aren't, you know what? Uh, we're not here to fucking like put together programming blocks for, for television. That's not what we do here. We not talk the basketball, so we can jump in there. Um, all right, so let's go in. Let's take a look at the West right here. Number one, Gonzaga. Uh, you know, just two or three things I want to talk about. Um, let's talk about like kind of something that happened in the past since we haven't really talked about the tournament since it started. Uh, what we're looking for in the future to finish this out and just kind of like a wild card thing right now. I'll hit you with out of the West. That's where we have... Um, our team's left is Gonzaga knocked off Creighton today, and then mm-hmm. USC and Oregon plays a little later tonight. Uh, anybody going to stop Gonzaga, or are they going to have one of those villain overruns of like three years ago where just nobody got within like double digits of them? Yeah, this team is really good. It, it's you know yeah. it's it's hard to to kind of understand when they don't really play a lot of teams during the regular season. I mean, they are what, 28 and 0, 29 and 0 as we record this. Um, they're they're super good, and that's the thing is is that they've had now you know they used to kind of make their living off of like trans transfers and 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 foreign players that kind of they develop 
not not this team. I mean, they've got Jalen Suggs, who is probably their highest recruited recruited recruit. Uh, looks like seventh overall coming into this year as a freshman. Uh, Drew Timmy, who was you know like a top fifty player uh, two years ago, he's been playing out outstanding for them. And then Cody K- Corey Kispert, uh, a deep three ball shooting small forward. So this is a really good team, and they're they're you know they've got the right mix of like juniors and seniors uh, to kind of carry the load. So it's um you know it's uh it's a really strong team and. Um, you know, they're going to go against whoever plays Oregon USC. It'd be interesting. I don't know much about Oregon, but USC would be very interesting just for the size differential. The USC is a very big team. It'd be interesting to see how they would match up against them. That's cool. That's another team we want to talk about. All right. So obviously in this one, uh, the number two seed, Iowa, the number three seed, uh, can't even get out of that first weekend, uh, end up going down at the group of 32, not getting the sweet 16. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk a little bit about USC. Is this a team that got seeded wrong, getting hot at the right time? Like, well, I mean, this USC team, when they played Kansas, I mean, they did not look like, I mean, six, eight, nothing to like stiff your nose at, but I, they looked, I didn't know, like one of the, you know, 12 top teams in the country. Yeah. I mean, I think like definitely starting to come together. They, they played poorly right toward the end of like tournament time. I think they dropped like four or five of their, seven games that they lost but they have like two legit um uh nba players evan mobley who will be a, a definite lottery pick was a high-rated recruit his brother uh also the year before that he's a sophomore isaiah mobley those two guys are definitely going to the league and they're both you know six eleven seven footers i mean they're and they're skilled too it's not like they're just big guys just you know kind of dominating the paint they can you know isaiah mobley can step out and shoot the three i think he kind of buried a couple in ku's eyes and so it's a it's a tough matchup when you've got that size and skill um going against you know any team that you go against right it's a it's a tough you don't see that a lot in in uh in college basketball yeah i think it's also we talked a little bit about kansas just uh not known for their offense this year at all right i mean that just happens when you show up and you're just and they were, I mean, they were legit ice fucking cold. And then yeah. you, get, you get behind a team like USC, you know, double digits. Uh, they got down pretty quick. And then Kansas just even at halftime didn't look like they were in it. Uh, all right, let's hop over to the other side real fast. I'm going to put off the uh, East region until last because we want to see if this Ooh. very close Alabama UCLA game. Um, live check in. This is so hilarious because you are 61 60. I got it. Yeah. Alabama's up by one. They're going to the. The screens, it looks like Petty got the ball knocked off of them. They're going to go 154 left. There we go. That's an update for all you people that already know who won that basketball game. Uh, <laughs> enjoy this moment in time when we did not. Uh, all right, jumping over to the south, we have um, Baylor and Arkansas in our Elite Eight. Um, not exactly a super chalk side. I think right. Vanilla uh, Villanova fighting a little deeper than we thought they would, especially yeah. to help with Purdue not getting out of that first round. Uh, Oral Roberts, both of our MVPs of last week, I believe, um, you know, that Cinderella story ended with Arkansas and then uh, Ohio State obviously had that was that big upset by Oral Roberts. Yeah. Uh, let's just talk about um, Baylor. You like the one seed over here in the south? Yeah, I mean, I, I was very skeptical of them, you know, watching them play, but they played pretty well and won pretty convincingly over Villanova. Um, you know, again, they play really, you know, they, they have good offense, right? Uh, and I, I think that they're, 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 you know, 
they've got bucket getters that can go out and make make shots but they also play halfway decent uh defense as well too good enough to you know kind of hold their own so they're they're a tough out and uh i thought that they weren't gonna do well. i thought whiskey wisconsin was gonna it was gonna take it to them but um they they're a solid team i was impressed by their win against villanova and uh you know um Arkansas, you know, not so much. I mean, this team is is built on defense. Uh, they only really beat Oral Roberts by by two points. And I don't know if you guys watched that game, but that that shot was pretty close to going in there. So I mean, that we could we yeah. could have been talking about Oral Roberts uh, winning on the last minute three going into to playing uh, Baylor. But I just think like defensively, uh, you know, Baylor has got a lot of mismatch size that. Uh, is pretty challenging and it'll be it'll be interesting if arkansas which is not known for their offensive you know prowess if they uh if if they start you know if they can't get buckets to fall you know what what a baylor team a good baylor team is going to do to them yeah so uh, baylor arkansas playing for that final four spot um one thing let's just talk about that kind of already happened in the past oral roberts uh their run is this fluky teams like ohio state and florida not showing up or did they like actually stand their own and like toe-to-toe so less of um more of like a you know is could this be a next loyola chicago just kind of establish themselves and take that next step forward as a basketball team that can actually run or is just is this kind of like a fluky thing that ohio state uh was having an awful day and then they were just kind of able to beat florida and then almost beat like a you know like maybe not one of the strongest three seats it'll be interesting because this is like a relatively young um young team their leading scorer max abe smith's uh, that the guy who took the last second three at the end of the game and the the bigger guy, uh, O'Banner or whatever his name is, those guys are both underclassmen. It'll be interesting because Ace Smith like scored or averaged like 25 points a game. So it'll be interesting to see if like he now with this kind of his stock, if you will, as it's as the highest it's ever been, if he throws his hat into the, like the NBA realm and just to see like what he can what he can produce that way especially you know going on this kind of hot little run um so we'll see i don't know if you know if this team is built to to last i mean i don't know much about their 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 coach paul mills um so uh, you know he's a first time coach with oral roberts as i'm looking it up uh and this is kind of their 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 best season that they've had so i you know i don't want to count anybody out but they definitely were you know, they definitely played well in these games and were and, and played hot. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I don't know if this is going to be something that's built to last, if you will. I don't know much, but I know I love you. Oh, I don't know if you do that little, um, what is that? Uh, who's uh, that? It's Aaron Neville. Aaron Neville. That's right. Yeah. And I, well, I love you. Uh, okay, well, yeah, so that's, that looks good, too, because when you went out on the limb and picked all one seeds, that's so bad. <laughs> no, the so- bravery. <laughs> the, the bravery that happened with pretty, that, pretty right, man? Well. You know, uh, podcasters the, who don't take a step out on that ledge need to take a hard look at themselves. Uh, so, Bay, you do like Baylor over Arkansas, though, right? I think so. I mean, the, they're a more complete team. I, I, you know, I haven't been super impressed offensively with the games, the the smidgets of, of games that I've seen with Arkansas. You know, I mean, or, Oral Roberts is a perfectly fine team, but, the, you know, they should have athletically dominated them and they did not. Right, uh, jumping down to the Midwest region. This is probably one that got shook up the most. Um, yeah. Illinois goes out, uh, doesn't make it to the sweet 16. Uh, loses Loyola, Chicago, just 
Loyola Chicago, uh, were they too low of a seed at eight? I heard whispers about that. Yeah, I think that they were, quite honestly, because they, they were, they are a good team, and they had strong players. And Porter Moser has has is building something. You know, you want to talk about like, you know, uh, building a program. I think he's done a good job um, building players, getting them in, and they're they're a very strong, you know, team. They're a mid major team, but you know, very skilled. Uh, but they, you know, they they lost. Uh, to a super hot Oregon State, which I don't think anyone truly expected this at all. Yeah, uh, what's going on with Oregon State? Explain this run they're having. I mean, they're they're probably I don't want to say like maybe the hottest team uh, going into uh, March Madness. I mean, they're they're led by um, really just you know a, a smallish team, but Ethan Thompson. Uh, kind of senior guard who's just kind of taking them on their shoulders and just and just led them it's just they're kind of winning by the skin of their teeth and kind of you know patchworking any games that they they can and they're they were accurately seated where they were um i think offensively they've just gotten a little bit hot buckets are starting to to get going and that's a great thing about march madness it's like when you get these teams it's like they're just they're they've they've hit their apex and they're playing incredibly confident it's really fun to watch and it's fun to shake it up because it's you know it's not like the professionals where you can't just get hot like this and take over the the playoffs um this is like a you know this is all you know one shining moment and these guys are playing for for basically whatever little basketball they have left yeah, I mean, but we haven't seen a tournament like this crazy and i think you and i predicted this also was just like kind of just that what comes out of the just melting pot on, you know, that level, I, you know, it kind of started before this, but when a 16 seed beat a one, just kind of that gap now between these teams, these teams aren't intimidated anymore, you know, like yeah. they're used to playing on TV. Like they feel like they belong. They're ready to give teams a run. Uh, okay. I did want to talk a little bit about, man, the three seeds are just getting beat up in this yeah. tournament. West Virginia went out. Texas didn't even win a game. West Virginia won one game. Kansas won one game. Arkansas is the only one still hanging around. Uh, so Cuse's zone does kind of pull the wool over the eyes for that first weekend, but runs into a buzzsaw against Houston. Hung with Houston for a little while. Houston just too athletic and strong. Yeah, I mean, and they're, you know, a former uh, KU player, Quentin Grimes, um, is is on that team. And they have, um, what is it? uh Dijon Giroux another guy like who's kind of really athletic kind of like multi-dimensional you know that's the thing is is I love in these things where you get these like versatile six five six seven guys that can kind of like play small ball forward kind of play a little point guard do all sorts of things like that and he was Giroux was dealing with the hip pointer injury and and you could really see with Houston when he was off the floor um they, they did not play cohesively as well as when he was on the floor. So, um, you know, I, I, everyone makes a big deal about uh, Grimes, but I, I really like that Jero kid because I think he kind of settles them down offensively and collects them. You know, he's a senior and, and, and uh, I like what he offers for them. All right. So we got Houston versus Oregon State um, coming up on, that'll be tomorrow. So by the time this podcast drops, we'll listen to this and see the game. Congratulations. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, um, do you want an early prediction on this then? Oregon State and Houston? Yeah. Of course I do, bro. I'm just going to yeah. remind you that because you did pick Illinois in this one because they had the one in front of their – Yes. Though I couldn't pick any higher-seated team than one, is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I do I, – I think it ends for it, but I do 
I do like Houston to win this game. I know it's a three seed. I'm going chalk again. I thought you were going to, you, you were thinking I was going to say Oregon State. No, I'm going no. chalk. Go, go three. No. But the ma- but yeah. It was, uh, yeah, two, two less lower than, than one. But the mattress man, remember the guy from Houston? Oh, yeah. Guy, he bet, uh, he, uh, he did it again on Houston, nine, plus 900, uh, bet a million bucks. Uh, did he, and we we cracked the case on this, right? I don't think it was an MAB fixes, but we figured out why he does all this shit because he just like it's it's cheaper than just buying like advertisement space. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he bet a, so plus nine hundred to win it all. Was that at the beginning of the tournament? Uh, I think he just Probably. slugged it in there before this elite, you know, the Sweet Sixteen round. Oh, maybe that's plus nine hundred. That seems a little high. I mean, I would put Houston in what like the. Probably the third seat, third or fourth. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, there's going to be four teams left. That's fucking insightful. Um, okay, so you do like Houston over Oregon State. Cool. Um, just I, I know we kind of talked about it briefly. I want to talk one last second. Loyola Chicago. Have they officially made the step? I mean, is this a is this a school now that we're going to see? Kind of. Um, you know, it's not going to have something, but like you know, a Purdue or something like not like a double digit seed and always mm-hmm. something to kind of like take seriously to get to the Sweet Sixteen. Well, it'd be interesting is, is, you know, they lost their, the crew wig, the guy and Williamson from the final four, uh, four years ago, basically they're both seniors now. So they're gone. Uh, and I think they have five out of their six or seven top players are all seniors. So the, the biggest thing to see is, is how they rebound from here because they made a deepish run, not a final four run, but they made a deepish run here. So yeah. let's see how they continue. I don't know what their recruiting class is, lo- is going to look like, but Porter, Mo- Porter Mosier is a good coach. So it'd also be interesting to see if somebody scoops him up. And if he, if he is, if he wants to stick around, like, you know, Mark, Texas. Mark few, that's, that's going to be the biggest thing. Texas job for Loyola Chicago. Wow, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I mean, it depends if, you know, I think Texas wants to make a, a splash. I think I think Porter Mosier would look at like, um, like a mid-level like power five team, like going to I, I don't know if there's any issue with their with their head coach, but like going to um, I'm trying to think here. Not I, I, I'm blanking on any of the teams in the in the Chicago area, but like going to like a, uh, like, you know, like a, like a Northwestern, even though I know Chris Collins is their head coach right now, but like a, a, a big 10 team in, in their recruiting pipeline that he could go and like take over, uh, something of that ilk. I know that's not the, I'm I know that's not the best example, but he would go straight to like a huge, like big 10 school, you know what I mean? But he would, you know, going to like, you know, yeah, like a, a mid-level team probably within his like recruiting footprint, um, that he has relationships with. Cause I don't think he could go down to Texas and like, he'd be starting from scratch. That's a good point. I know. I just like to see shit. See what yeah. you get on your toes, bro. Could have been easy. <laughs> yep. Texas, maybe. Nope. You broke it down, bro. That's why I love you. All right. Um, hop Thanks, over bro. to our last one. We're doing. Yeah, the, baby. Uh, East region. I know. Oh, another reason we saved it for last. Cause I know you're excited about this. Uh, all right, so we got six seconds left in this UCLA-Alabama game. We'll see what happens within one. Talk to me about your Michigan Wolverines. Afraid about jinxing them, but Blue's looking nice. Yeah, they're looking really good. Uh, you know, Isaiah Livers went down with a stretch, stress fracture in his foot, and so I was a little skeptical just because, uh, you know, he is their 
leading scorer or second leading scorer on their team. Uh, Hunter Dixon might be up there too. Yeah, Hunter Dixon is there. Uh, he's their second leading scorer. So, and he's a senior. Uh, he's kind of the the captain of the team, and that that I thought was really going to be damaging to them, quite honestly. But Hunter Dixon has played phenomenal. Franz Wagner, the you know Mo Wagner's uh, brother, younger brother, has been amazing. And then you know Brandon Johns, who's coming off the bench, he was you know Mr. Basketball for the state of Michigan three years ago when he was a high school senior hasn't really kind of been much to you know to to shake a stick at at michigan but has really come off the bench played well filled in for isaiah uh, livers uh eli brooks has played well mike smith is great and you know i love shondi brown shondi brown has been fucking amazing in this tournament um so i'm i'm very happy and they they're they are really like supremely well coached they are they they Mike Smith is a grad transfer from Columbia. Sean so Brown. Yeah, we, sorry. You say, so, You're like, shut up. I, I got to no, get no, a question. No, 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 I'm just like, going to run. No, no, no. I'm talking I, about I, it. Nobody. No, I want to do a deeper dive for the audience because I want to, you know, sometimes there's opportunities of you saying phrases and I know you know what you're talking about, but it's a good time for us to break down like cliche phrases you hear. When you say well-coached, what are you seeing from a well-coached college yes. basketball team? Yes. So, so, this, so they've been pressed two games in a row. And they break the press as clinically and as easily as any team does. And, and this is something that you typically don't see a lot of. And when you've got a team like Florida State or, or LSU, it can cause a lot of issues. And especially when they're mixing it up, whether it's just full court or then they're actually trying to trap and get into these spots. Mike Smith does a very good job surveying it. They do a great job of getting the ball inboundsing it. He doesn't get into like the corners where he can get trapped. And then if they're really pressuring up there, they they don't panic. Hunter Dixon sprints to the center of the court, gets it. They pass it to him in the middle of the court, and he turns and he looks for his two passing angles, and they break the press in like two passes really quickly. And it's it sounds very rudimentary, but when you've got you know a team like Florida State where they have Scotty Barnes who's six nine, and they have you know Greg uh, Gary who's like six eight two sixty supremely athletic guys who can kind of cover a lot of space it, it can kind of scare them quite a bit and then the other thing is is that they you know hunter dixon is seven one and he's huge and it's clearly their number one objective to get the ball into him well teams have started to play zone and you know you you zone is designed to compress everybody in the middle and you know let for the outside shot and so that's what they're doing well they're doing a great job of getting the ball like reversed to one side and then like Brandon Johns, right? So you've got Hunter Dixon on the low block guy, you know, defender fronting him and the other guy kind of hedging off, you know, just a little bit in the paint, just kind of sagging there. So you can't throw the lob pass over the top to Dixon because the guy from behind is going to get it. So they quickly reverse the ball into the middle because Brandon Johns sprints to like the free throw line extended and it's boom, boom, pass like right over the top, a little high, low action. And they did that very well because that's the thing is, is the well coaches is that it's not just doing the, the systematic movements of it. It's setting it up when it's time and appropriate. And the teams kind of get lulled into, you know, a little bit of, you know, you know, comfort zone. Yeah. And they, they just smartly kill them all the time with just basic fundamentals. And that's the, that's the, preaching of a of, of a good coach defensively they defend the pick and roll 
as, as good as any team that's out there. The way that they hedge and get out in front of that ball handler so he doesn't get that corner and then the guy recovers and sags. It's it, and it shows Juwan Howard's like, you know, assistant coaching as an NBA head coach because it's how they defend the pick and roll in the NBA. And these guys are doing it at a high level um, and not just relying on athleticism. Like they're smartly getting back. It's it's really impressive to watch. We could say that, uh, I mean, Michigan debatably, uh, especially since it looks like East kind of went a little chalk exp- except yeah. for, um, you know, that upper thing with the 11 seed UCLA and Al. Uh, Alvin Christian winning. Um, tough, tough sled, but they're uh, impressive. They played, um, you know, Texas Southern fine, but then had that LSU game, which LSU nothing to sneeze at, and then Florida State, which was kind of, uh, you know, not not even a super sleeper pick, but a popular pick. You know, I yeah. think right behind Michigan to make the make the Final Four out of the East region. Uh, all right, UCLA Alabama just goes to overtime, so yeah, yeah. we won't know for a little bit more. Yeah, um, uh, but but that's the thing is is. Uh, Alabama beat LSU, like came down to the wire in the SEC championship game. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm very, I'm very excited for both matchups because I think Alabama is a little bit more athletic, but neither team is particularly big. So I think, you know, and Alabama is going to, they're going to come at you and play aggressive. And that's basically what Michigan has seen in the last like two weeks. So, yeah. uh, is, but there then also, fear, is there one team you fear more like UCL, UCLA, Gonzaga. Alabama? Gonzaga, sure. We'll cover we'll cover that <laughs> next week, brother. Yeah. Right. But UCLA, Alabama, is there one that you'd like rather play? Or are they both well, just- not, not to offend our, our podcast listening base, but I think I'd probably play want to play UCLA, right? Because I think athletically, like we're superior athletically to them. Um, you know, Alabama is, you know, they're they're a little they're skilled so they can shoot, but I think that that falls very well into our play style. Um and uh and it would be fun i'd 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 love to see us play ucla just gonna be fun to on the text thread to get after tom fleming that's right you guys heard it right here ucla not at the level of the michigan wolverines <laughs> here here um or i guess uh we'll jump right back in when the championship's happening um obviously check out our instagram for updates of what's going on but uh all right date night dune Ooh. race of the jam oh yeah it's the mad date night the showdown is where they fight. Here they discuss if this movie sucks. Why? Because this part fucks. I said this part fucks. Oh yeah, this part fucks. All right, 1984's Dune, directed by David Lynch. You watch a lot of David Lynch movies, bro? Not really. Not that I can think of. I don't. I'm not. I don't. What yeah. what is is that, is that Twin Peaks? Did he do Twin Peaks? He did do Twin Peaks, yeah. Yeah. No, I don't really watch a lot of them. Yeah, Davey fucked up, bro. Did some fucked up movies. Yeah, yeah. like uh, Holland Drive. Yeah, just like. Oh yes, Maholland Drive. I remember Maholland Drive. Yeah, I think everyone remembers that one. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, it's weird stuff. But we got into Dune because um, full disclosure, like we have a book club. Uh, we tackled yeah. Dune. Neither one of us in our book club picked Dune to read. It was a book that we got assigned. So. I mean, I used the week we <laughs> that went through it. I Dune. Let's just talk about on the macro. Your cup of tea, bro. You no. like a good, you like a no. good sci-fi desert no. planet. Desert planet. Bar. Lots of <laughs> lingo and characters all thrown at me at once. No, right. no, it's not my <laughs> cup of tea. Um, I have appreciation for the book. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. As it's the only it's. 
I, we what have we read like five books six no no four books now at this point or five uh books. yeah who picked the who picked, uh yeah so we, we went through yeah this five. we're on five we're on five, five. right now on number five so I'm, I'm the only one to have not finished and completed one of the books on book club yeah and it was dune i don't yeah. give a fuck yeah <laughs> it was about to happen eventually i, I mean yeah. i would say like uh dune was uh i mean you and i had some funny jokes going back and forth in the beginning because just the parallels of walking through a desert planet with no water was feeling very very akin to trying to yeah. tread through this fucking book but it does yeah i mean it cooks it cooks with gas like the last quarter or whatever uh but we're here to talk about the movie so going into the movie you're not sure how this thing ends because you didn't finish the book didn't like the book mm -hmm. uh david lynch is already weird i mean do we have a little bit of the same feeling of not excited but at least this shit's gonna be wrapped up in like two hours and ten minutes yeah yeah exactly we'll get we'll get to the bottom of this although there were moments in time where I was like, what am I doing? What am I doing right now? Because it was watching funny because, yeah, yeah, watching the movie. Because uh, Trent uh, had suggested that we watch it. Uh, and, he's, and he even said on the text thread, he was like, we should watch it with Dr. Mrs. LeCommish to get her perspective. Right. She had a perspective. Oh, you did watch it together. Oh, uh, the first hour. She was just like, what the fuck? What are we watching? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. Okay, so... um. Let's just tackle it right now. All right, toughest plot pills to swallow. What, I mean, what are we thinking? Like overall on a macro, like uh, I want to talk a little bit about the special effects, a little bit about the stuff that wasn't in it. Uh, I guess on the super macro, I do feel like you could follow along in this movie if you didn't read the book. Yeah, yeah, you could. I think okay. you could. Although I did read a, a little tidbit that they were passing out like cheat sheet cards for the fucking audience in 1984. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. So I think there was... I think like the the baseline, like the major points, it was like pretty easy to stick with. But like all the stuff that the book got into, which is I think the reason why the people people love the book, really didn't make it into. And sometimes I'm like, I'm not sure what I was watching, the scene and how it related to what I was watching. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the, the inner monologues that these people have were now actually in the movie. I was like, uh, it was I I if I was watching it and didn't know it, I'd be like, what the fuck is going on for the first like. 30 minutes of this film yeah there'd be that uh there's a lot of characters which you can kind of follow along i mean obviously like the boils on the fucking baron's face you're like all right this guy's a piece of shit like right that. Yeah, sting, yeah yeah sting, stay like a shirtless sting like uh all right i'll i'll roll well we can we can do this that's fine sure but um yeah because i think there was a little bit just the intricacies of there being no water and how the water recycles and everything i didn't feel like that got like as heightened like the stakes weren't as yes. high in the movie as the book established it yeah right because they there was a one scene in the movie where where they were the with the fremen and stilgar and they're like all these wa all this water's here and it's like yeah. all these riches are ours and there was no real mention of it at all in the in the movie and the only really mention was like of spice and yeah. that was that you know what i mean which was uh i did like how he had how he, like he, he like tripped balls on spice in, in a little bit. That was, that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Always, always doing that. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I like I thought about trying to break down this movie, but there's no way to explain this to the audience. Like, if you haven't had exposure to Dune, like you have to the wrong spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most of I'm going to tell you warning, but I tell you we're not going to bring you up to speed. All right. Well, let's talk through some of this stuff. Um, all right. What's up with the red shit around the Mentat's mouth? Was that in the book? I think it was briefly described in the book. It's okay. it was bizarre and looked like 
it looked like all the mentats had been like sucking their mouth on a shot back for like 25 minutes it looked like i don't know if you've ever been but it looked like topeka kansas in the summer when all the like white trash kids without shirts would like run around with like the kool-aid mustaches it looks like everyone's like hammering down just like that fruit punch flavored kool-aid and then like just rocking that stash right it's it's when it's like just just post fall and every like you know six-year-old gets that like red like lip on there that's chapped above their lip oh you know, yeah remember that movie and they just kept licking your lips yeah yeah it was it was bizarre the mentats were and that's the other thing too like the mentats did not get like a big push in this film either as well as as much as i felt like the importance of them in the book yeah because you needed to drive the difference between like the two paths right i mean, this yeah. obviously didn't tackle they didn't even tackle like religion as much as they right. tackled in the like the movie did like it just it looked like you know i'm guessing that you know lynch really wanted to do this story just because it gave him the opportunity to get funky with it and he got yeah. funky with it uh all right so we'll talk a little bit about um okay let's go to patrick let's talk a little bit about the actors there's a few notes that i had i'm not, not a fan of this like hollow notes looking like duke leto dude like this kenny login yes. like i would have <laughs> I would have taken a different casting voice there. A fucking Yacht Rock Dude Leto? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. 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 Leto. That's exactly who he was. Exactly yeah. who he was. Yeah, I could have got his name there. Yeah, yeah. He, in his, like, his power and, like, his pursuit really wasn't much of anything in the book. You know, he was just yeah. really just to kind of move the, just for the for the plot of him trying to, like, assassinate the Baron. Um, but, yeah, he, he really wasn't much of, I mean, I guess when he saved, those guys off the like spice mining thing. That was the only like kind of mention of his character in the movie. Right. But yeah, I mean, it was like, I'm not, not a big fan. Um, I always envisioned Duncan Idaho as just being like this fucking Billy badass. And I was like, what's up with the librarian? What, what, what's going on with this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Duncan Idaho, not a force to be reckoned with as you would picture. You would, uh, Patrick Stewart. That's fine. Patrick Stewart's looked the same for like 40 years. I know that's like a cliche, like cheesy thing to say, and I figured out what it was. So some people get like a compliment. Uh, oh, it looks like you don't age. It's yeah. not that like young people stay looking young. It's that it's like Wilford Brimley also. I think that if you look old at like 30 right. and if you look old at 30, if you just kind of look like just you look a little too old to be that age, then that's how you look timeless. Because by the yes. time you actually like get to be like 60, 65, you still look like that 30 year old you, not because 30 year old you look dynamite or because 60 year old you looks dynamite. It's because you looked old as shit when you're in your 30s. What do you think? I think that's the hack. That's the steward hack. Yeah, no, no, that is, that's, that's a fucking brilliant angle. And I was trying to think of like a, you know, like a black don't crack kind of analogy for it, but I couldn't think, figure it out when you were talking. I was like, you, you look old, stay in the fold. No, that doesn't work. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but no, I think you're right, 100. Uh, percent Okay, is there any? Uh, we talked about the special effects a little bit. Oh, I'll, I'll point this out since we're talking about cast. Um, Jessica and Paul, and so Jessica's his mom. Yeah, Paul is uh, Kyle McLaughlin, which I can't look at this dude and not think about the fucking like showgirl scene where he's just like <laughs> banging fucking Jesse Spano in the pool. <laughs> I don't know how that movie came out. I don't know how old I was when I saw it. I mean, I think, you know. 90, maybe, what was it, like 99, 2000? Showgirls. That even sounds late. I don't know. I'm yeah. pretty sure, like, I had had sex up to that point. Have not. But I saw yeah. that scene, and I was like, there's no way that's how it's done. 
<laughs> he's got like like kind of like the wave pool like that you would see at like a water park going and like she's like like she's head banging to something like her head's back and forth like it is it's an oh, insane yeah. check, yeah, check it out for comedy program. yeah a date night just wrote itself <laughs> uh so anyway uh just gonna pull kyle mclaughlin in real life uh when he cast that movie 25 his mom 39 in real life 14 year old a little too close on this age gap I, yeah I think david glockman's a little old for the role yeah i mean i think i think they definitely threw that out i don't know you know i'm sure the the diehards were a little bummed but i i don't know like you know 1984 who are they gonna get fucking Corey Haim, like to be you know you know what i mean it's like i personally i uh, kyle mclaughlin was like an odd choice but do you think like when kyle mclaughlin like took this he's like onward and upward baby here we go major motion picture dune one of the best all times like you know sci-fi movies of all time david lynch is directing it scant 15 minutes later i'm i'm in a wave pool banging jesse spano yeah no yeah i definitely think like he was it's all fucking up from here because i mean i think twin peaks came out after this and twin peaks was oh that's uh, right I guess, I guess it was like kind of like a cult favorite yeah it was only like two or three seasons right yeah i think it was like two i don't think it was cooking with gas at the time but mm-hmm. definitely i uh, grabbed some attention yeah yeah i definitely think uh yeah i think he feels like he's fucking all burning and we have to remember like this is a popular novel right i mean right it's yeah down, like like bestseller where people are like just like yeah fucking desert planet it's kind of like uh it's like a little bit of like a star wars vibe with like fucking teeth and sandworms right yeah 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 absolutely um i have another we're still on cast you want to do anything more with the cast because i do have a plot point that i thought was very funny uh yeah hit me with the plot point bro okay so uh so i was watching so the the film is set in the year ten thousand, like 190 right i mean sure so yeah ten some change and so, like, you know, evolution of man has, like, gone through the roof. Technology has, like, increased, right? We've got, you know, still suits where we can, you know, process our water. But pets, exactly the same 8,000 years later. <laughs> the guy's got a fucking pug in it and, like, a basset hounds. And then when they give, you know, Thor Hotwit or whatever his name is, they give him a fucking cat. Just a regular old cat. Everything's yeah. advanced, but pets stay exactly the same for eight eight thousand years. Yeah, no, good, good look on that. That is weird. Yeah, that's something they changed too. Like Hat was supposed to like of like of his own volition come over to the Baron's side because he yeah they cut out that whole thing where right. they suspect Jessica of you know killing Duke Leto. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that all that that was like I, to me I thought was like a very interesting point of the book that one of the few bright spots for me. They're totally like they're like fuck it we'll just keep this thing moving yeah it's good and you, you got to do that i mean it was still i still think it was coming out like two hours and 20 minutes um yeah. all right do these these sandworms how many like trimmers look at a sandworm like dune got ripped off about sandworms i mean fuck nobody yeah, must been thinking about these things until like gigantic worms makes sense but obviously we talked about a little bit about trimmers like that movie trimmers comes out yeah exactly the same fucking thing these things that like when you move i mean i i should have dug in a little bit more i'm like curious if some sort of lawsuit happened with this and the other thing is like you remember the sandworms and beetlejuice i think oh no that's the same fuck when when he goes to like that like the netherworld or whatever beetlejuice goes there and then there's like a sandworm that like pops out and it has like the same kind of like yeah well no that that sandworm i was like did they just 
roll that off the lot for tremors and be like, yeah, just use this fucking set piece. Like, you know what I mean? The, yeah, they, sure. I feel yeah. like they, for, I feel like they looked almost identical. A lot of, a lot of ripping off of sandworms from doom. So lots you're the OG. I don't really understand the point of them riding the sandworms in this movie. And I know it, maybe it came up more in the book, but like, I know it's pretty fucking sick that he like, you know, climbs up Paul Mwadib climbs up, you know, fucking the quiz at Hatterach or where the fuck he is. God damn it. This movie pisses me off. But like, why, why? I mean, it's cool, but did he like tame him? Does he like, he can like control them now? Like, yeah, from the book, like- yeah I don't think he's really like, I, it's like, there's something about the way the hook pulls their skin that, I don't know, is it kind of like if you put like a piece of tape on a cat's back, like it feels like the cat feels like it's fucking like ducking underneath something. So it'll just kind of like crawl across the floor because it feels like that's kind of use that sensor. Something uh like on that you level. Put, you put, you put cat, uh, you know, scotch guard on cat's No, 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 no. I have not done this. I've not did just what I've okay. heard is like you put it there. They feel like they're fucking ducking. And I got gotcha. I, I like I don't, it. I haven't put any fucking, oh edit that out probably just give me trouble even do it but it's just like yeah he rides the sandworm and i think it's just for like quick transportation across the desert oh that's a it's a sick whip for a fucking sandworm man yeah fucking get up there gotta go on um what else we got here i i do like one of my favorite quotes is like fear is the mind killer i mean that's yeah that's pretty dope and that's from yeah. the book and he says it a lot in the book and I just, yeah yeah did, fine, you, uh, did you find yourself having a hard time hearing them like i felt like maybe it's, i'm just getting old newsflash i am but i was like i felt like they were whispering a lot i felt like the audio was a little like screwed up at times i was like having a hard time i, I have that i have that note it's like my second note i was like why is duke leto whispering all the fucking time it's right like, speak up fucking enunciate brah yeah it's like yeah it's weird it's like it's kind of that overacting thing right also you just like trying to emote and it's like all serious and it's just like oh yeah i don't know i kind of felt like that so let's talk about special effects a little bit like they have like the fortresses around them i i couldn't figure out if this looked good for the time or if it's as ridiculous as it felt oh it's it i i, I was i almost threw my hand i almost texted you when gurney halleck Right, it was Gurney in the very beginning, like the first act, of the movie fought Paul, right, yeah. and the and the like square like shield yep. thing. Exactly. What yeah, the yeah. fuck was that? Yeah, it's weird. It's like these little. I mean, I think it's like the shield things that they have that the book talked about a little bit. But yeah, it was just like it was like these. It's like being like the Superman movie or whatever. It's like they were right. in these little crystallized blocks, but they were able to move. But like they were fucking. It looked like um, uh, what's that thing that my niece nephew like Minesweeper? It looks like you made these characters like a Minesweeper, and they're just like <laughs> like just hundred percent fucking block, and they're just like moving around. It was, was that, really bizarre. Yeah, it was bizarre. The the uh, biting the poison tooth and like like yeah, not the green shit was that was weird for me. That's what I can Yeah, yeah, and then they flashed back to it, and it was like coming out of his cheek. Which is weird. I was like, oh, I think they like. Uh, do you remember that? It was one of the flashbacks. Yeah, it was that. like, yeah. it was like, uh, we shot this a couple of different ways, or we spent money on this. We need to get this in the film some way, somehow. Uh, all right. Um, get to the last thing. Uh, last thing about cast that daughter, Aaliyah, Aaliyah, or whatever. Oh yeah. How creepy was that kid? 
Yeah. Yeah. Super fucking creepy. Yeah, you know who that kid is? No, who is that kid? That's a, Alicia Witt. You know, the, the redheaded actress was married to uh, shit. Fucking John Ritter before he passed away. Uh, she's like I'm trying to think. She was in like oh fuck i can't remember what alicia witt i can't remember what that's right i just pulled it up yeah um two weeks notice uh urban legend last yes i was like that's right i was like i know she was in like one of those kevin williamson movies urban legend that's i think where most people know her from but yeah i didn't realize like she was a fucking super creepy and i don't think i think they just voiced over whatever she was saying that's what i was gonna say like i was like i don't think that's uh i don't actually think that's her voice right um Dude, I know I know this Alicia Witt. I'll have to look that up. I'll have to look it up on my own time. If it meant so much to me, I could have done it before we recorded the pod. Um, all right, brother. Uh, anything else you want to give this thing some air horns? You want to just get this in our fucking rear view mirror? Call that Yes, I do. I do. <laughs> uh, I do want to get this in my rear view. I, first off, I know they're remaking Dune. Yes. Um, Are you going to see that? I want to ask you that. Am I going to see it? Yeah. <laughs> Am I going to fucking... Are you nuts? Okay. All right. Okay. Secondly, um, Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, it's still time. You can back out of this. Don't do this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we can back out of it, buddy. Yeah. No, you can. You can <laughs> no, do whatever I, you want. No, I'm pretty sure it's went to print. I'm pretty sure it's just like. No, there's always there's, there's a will, there's a way. Don't do it, dude. You're gonna you're gonna end up fucking uh, like, uh, you know, iCarly in a pool and a in in. in <laughs> Fucking, you're gonna end up in, in fucking showgirls too, right? Make that older Jesse Spano, right? I want to do that, Timothy Chalamet. Um, all right, just to make it official, let's give it its air horns out of five. Ready? Um, I almost didn't give it one. I thought I thought you were gonna go zero to make a point. Um, <laughs> Um, all right, brother. Uh, next up, we have the Apollon Showdown. Bring us to the jam. So let's leave it alone. Because we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. There ain't no bad guy. There's only you and me, and we just disagree. Um, top things with the number four. This was fun. Yeah, this was a fun one. This was fun. I actually was like, I don't, there's not too many things with the four. In it. Oh, there's a lot of things in the four. Yeah, the yeah. Four in it. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we got in your console bracket besides foursomes. Oh, and also we didn't do, we didn't do final four because that's what inspired it. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, well, I did. I, I if we're doing console now, I, I even though it's not spelled the right way, I took off foreplay because I didn't want to go blue for you. Foreplay. It's awesome. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Just spelled differently. That's good. Oh, you're, you're pro foreplay. Good for you, buddy. I'm oh, pro foreplay. You know, all our pod potties out there seeking most awesome. Careful, ladies. Care, careful, ladies. Don't slide off your chairs. Oh, that's true. I, I too care about foreplay. There we go. Make sure you keep <laughs> being most awesome neck and neck in your fantasies. All right, buddy. Um, what's your three spot? Uh, I'm going to go with the fearsome foursome which was a uh, heralded defensive before the purple people eaters are actually right a little bit about the same time, maybe no, a little bit before then 19, like mid to early 1960s, Merlin Olson, uh, Lamar Lundy, 
uh, Rosie Greer, and then obviously Deacon Jones, the one of the all-time great defensive ends. So they played for the Rams for like maybe four or five years. Uh, two Hall of Famers, totally dominant, fearsome, foursome. That's my that's my number two or number my number three. Uh, nice, bro. Okay, number four. I went or my number three on things dealing with four. I went with um, Mount Rushmore, bro. Oh, yeah. Okay, Good one. Uh, no other monument like it. Yeah. Like some faces on a rock. Uh, it, it kind of broke off into this thing now in pop culture in a way to rank things also yes. which is kind of fun which we use it's like hey what's your mount rushmore on this which is kind of just a way of saying like what's your top four like what's your just kind of like head and shoulders above all the other yep um, good great yeah it's definitely in the zeitgeist for sure is 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 our pod nemesis bill simmons is he the one that originated the mount rushmore Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't want to give it to him, especially because if it's not true, because he's doing just fine. Yeah, yeah, he's doing all right. He's doing all right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I would be, I would be curious on who um, fired off and coined that Mount Rushmore. But it, it's good. Uh, I had a chance to go to it when I think it was like a junior, senior in high school, and blew it off to go to some like lake party and crush bush lights. Smart, smart. I, I, that's a the Mount Rushmore is a is mature man's game. You've got plenty of time to go see Mount Rushmore. You did the right thing. Thanks, buddy. All right. It's like, always going to be there, but that party, that was a one-off. That, that was a one-off. Yep. Yeah. Probably closed also. No one will BD. <laughs> right. Um, Whether you had all that chance for foreplay. <laughs> uh, bring it back around. I heard it's like smaller in real life. You seen this thing? You seen it? You heard about this? Mount you heard about this? You heard about this Mount Rushmore? No, I have not seen it. Uh, I know it's in one of the Dakotas, right? South Dakota? Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I have not seen it. Uh, you know, I've heard all sorts of wonderful trivia about them carving it into the stone. I'm sure it's pretty amazing, uh, but no, I have not seen it. I will. I will eventually. Uh, Okay, so I had one chance to see it, and I didn't make it, and hopefully I'll see it maybe on my bucket list before I turn 70, so I'll give myself 70 points. Uh, And then your uh, Fierce and Foursome took place around the 60s, so I'm giving you 60. 60 to 70, slightly number two. You go number two. Yep. Uh, this is a. Uh, I like this. I like the this. You know, everyone's heard of three on the tree, the transmission. They were heard of four on the floor, right? The first like yeah. transmission where you've got the shifter on the floor, manual transmission. Uh, I always thought it was cool. Four on the floor. It sounds like uh, you know I'm really putting pedal to the metal. I like it. Yeah, it's good. Uh, a little car guy. I get that. Uh, I don't know a lot, but I have heard of that phrase before. Yeah, so. yeah. I'm not a car guy either. Uh, I went with, this is a callback for all our MAB sports podcast fans. I did basic four. <gasps> at me. I totally forgot that. Sit How good was that box of cereal, by the way? So good, buddy. So good. Yeah. Set that over to me back when we exchanged gifts. We got to get that fired back up. Yeah. Your birthday, your birthday's coming up soon. I got something like cooking yeah. for you. All right. Good, buddy. Yeah. I don't want the honeymoon phase to be over just because we did 161 of these bad boys. Uh, basic four. If you like cereal and you haven't developed to be lactose intolerant, <laughs> like myself, I definitely throw that in a bowl, splash some milk on top of it. Enjoy. You'll like it. It looks healthy as shit and it sounds healthy as shit, but it was back like in the early nineties when it's just like, when you just put fruit and things, it's like, this is healthy. And you just yeah. dump a lot of fucking sugar in there. Absolutely. Carbs. Uh, yeah. Try basic four. Um, okay. So your number. Uh, four on the floor. Four on the floor. floor. Yeah. So we'll say that can get you up to 110 miles an hour. I don't know. Sure. Fuck yeah. 
basic four, uh, gonna run you around probably that 399 price tag, doing a little prices right here. Um, so I'll round that up to four. So you take command and lead 170 to 74. Ooh. All right. This is where it comes down to. I like this because it's it's very simple. It's basic. But I love the four by four. You got your two by four. You got your four by four. I'm talking lumber, baby. Oh, you're and talking you also, wood. Yeah, yeah talking, got that wood. And also, yeah. too, you got the four by four, like automobiles, like the four by four, like, uh, you know, like uh, RTV, like all terrain vehicles. It's versatile. There's this this can be used to describe a lot of different things. So I'm going with four by four. Plus it's got both the numbers in it. Twice. Yeah, you double up there. You're really right. selling this four by four. I get it. I understand what <laughs> right. we're dealing with. Very I fucking I could see it when I delivered it. I was like, I gotta go selling now. <laughs> you really go. There you go. I gotta door dig, to door dig myself out of this four foot uh, deep hole that I'm in. <laughs> Uh, all right, I did uh, the game Foursquare is my top spot. Love this game. Son of a bitch. You should, you automatically win. Whoa. You fucking automatically should win. This oh, game yeah. is the greatest game of outdoor game. resource, uh, outdoor recess. Yeah, it's perfect, right? Because uh, it's, uh, it's you basically, you wait in line and then you have yes. to level up. So you have to yeah. kind of wait for the person. So there's slots and you keep moving as you get better if you're able to survive. And if you yep. get knocked out, then you give up your slot. And then everybody kind of progresses till you get to that coveted top spot, the server position. Yeah. And when you're in the server position, you get to toggle on and off whatever rules you fucking want to because it's your rodeo now. Right. It you hit the do, line. It was out. You're out. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. You're out. Yeah. You want to do typewriter. You want to do typewriters. Click that on. Boom. You can do that. You got to do double hits. Double hits are a must have. Yes. Double hits, are... double hits. Like you got to get them out of that serving box ASAP. Wait, um, wait, wait. What's, what's, what's typewriter? typewriter? It's where um you could, when they hit you, you could stand uh, double hits out of beyond too, but you would like, if the ball was coming, you could stand right over their line and boop, boop, like a quick double. It was a quick double bounce, like right in their square. So ah. like, kind of like this quick finishing move, like around the four square thing. Yeah, just fucking put them in a body bag. <laughs> in a body bag. Oh, man. Well, I, buddy, I was going to compliment your foreplay and car guy and you're talking wood. You're looking really sexy, but I do like when you give me a tip of the hat. On Dude, four when, when, when someone drops like the best one and i didn't even have it on my console bracket i get i'm on i gotta give credit where credit's due man four four square was so much fucking fun it's the simplest game um well, you can tell it, us because you can go play other things and not have to wait in line but like four square was like i gotta get in i gotta get in this mess right now. yeah that's the thing it's uh, the it, only I'll game that had a line yeah i'll sacrifice some recess minutes in this queue to get in here and just fucking rock and roll once i get you don't want me in this rotation and then yeah. once i get in there it's like i own the prize i need that server box i need it now the best is when you like you you have alliances or you're like your buddy gets in there and you're just yeah. like all right we're, we're tagging it up yeah. now we're just now we went out it's two on 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 we're just double teaming these guys typewriters yeah, double hits all that shit oh perfect um all right let's do let's get a quick mab league update yes sir update and then we'll do brandon again in the corner and we'll wrap this shit up um all right buddy uh so my like uh regular season ended i think we talked a little bit about what we were liking and not liking um we were talking about the regular season it went well we had the all-star break uh what are you thinking kind of looking in this postseason so we got best of threes going right so we did yes. a one we did one play in and then we do best of threes for this 
Uh, obviously, there's uh, four teams in the East, four teams in the West, being all like actual real life owners, um, best of three, and then so we'll go into the finals and the championship. Uh, gonna break down how the just the games games per round, what it's looking like. Yeah, yeah, and the the championship game, like the the finals, is best of five. So semifinals, conference finals, best of three, finals, best of five. Um, so right now we've got in the West, we've got the Rockets or the Warriors, the number one seed, the Rockets, the number four seed, and then uh, Spurs uh, and your Pelicans, two and three. And then in the East, we got Celtics, Raptors, one, four, and then my Heat uh, going against the Bucks, two and three. So which which you, you want to cover? Um, let's let's cover the number one seeds. Yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. Cover the ones. Uh, so the ones playing the fours, uh, which we had the. Yeah, you just mentioned it. So with the Warriors playing the uh, Rockets, uh, yes. we're never never in that game. Never in that game. Got the got the doors blown off of them. They have league. The Rockets have league MVP Will Chamberlain. Uh, looking like the the shift of going seven seconds or left originally going they were in post centric their offense you know really kind of looking to double up on wilt and tim duncan uh now they've said let's fuck it let's run which is actually i thought was going to be a little bit of a challenge for them to go seven seconds or less but they have the backcourt of stockton and iverson and elgin baylor and they've got a lot of like um wing players that they bring off the bench uh, so, and shooters like Clay Thompson and, you know, uh, Sam Jones and a couple other guys that can get up and get off, get on the, you know, and run. So I think it's interesting, uh, that that play style has made a dramatic difference for the Rockets. Yeah. The Warriors, uh, I want to ask you about that. So the Warriors deciding to bench, or at least, uh, have James Harden come off the bench and not quite as many points as he was having Kareem Abdul-Jabbar from that first game being the Warriors number one overall pick still just super quiet like just not what you're looking to get out of number one is this a thing of the warriors somehow just strung together enough wins to get the one seed and it's just like kind of overranked one seed or is this a story of like this is kind of the rockets 2.0 and they made a new version of themselves with hat which just happens to be a perfect fucking fit and so that team the rockets just got a little bit of a late start and so Mm -hmm. they're a little bit lower than they should be I think there's a little bit of both to that. I mean, definitely, you know, credit to the Rockets and what they did and like changing it up. Um, but the the Warriors are just identity identity less. Like they don't have an identity, and they were going with just the generic balanced offense, which is what uh, Steve Kerr, the head coach, is was his preference. But um, you know, they they really didn't really have too much. Well, really, wasn't sure how this team was assembled. Um, you know, you've Walt Frazier, Harden, who got benched, and then Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Garnett and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And so it's it's an interesting matchup, but I don't think it highlights the balanced offense one way or the other. So this is where we see a lot of, like, you know, Harden just doing his thing and then them never really getting the ball into the post uh, for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And when, you know, and then Kawhi Leonard is, is really an ISO player, so you have – two ball dominant ISO players that when they get the ball, they're basically looking to take the shots and then everyone else is just kind of standing around. So I will say this Bing owner, Bing, the, uh, the owner of the warriors has decided to, to ditch 
the balanced play style and is now going to go with the triangle. And he sent the me an email this week. Yeah, he's going to switch it up right here. Um, and, and I think it's for I think it's the right move for him just to get some sort of like identity because the the triangle requires, you know, a lot of movement and high IQ basketball players, which, you know, Kareem and Kawhi and I think Garnett are. I'm not sure about Harden, but I think it'll give them a little bit like more of like a foundation versus just everyone just kind of do whatever they want whenever they want. That makes sense. I mean, because obviously something had to change. Like the Warrior, yeah. if if they just run that game back, especially like uh, like at the Rockets' home stadium, like the Rockets are absolutely winning that game, no question. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. And then the the Celtics they were the number one seed in the East, dominant uh, all season. Long. We saw the the resurgence of of Michael Jordan. Uh, looked like they were going to run run away with it. And the Raptors, who also made a, a play style change, they switched to pace and space uh, after the you know their second game there. Um, and it seems to maybe slightly working, although I'm not sure if it was as much as just Shaq just taking over in the third and fourth qu- quarter, finally coming alive like we saw from Mad League One. Yeah, this was uh, definitely the game of the week. And these teams, unlike the other ones, like – they definitely have an identity like uh, I mean it was just watching MJ go to work and I think the biggest probably one of the biggest changes we've seen on just a player uh, player versus player compared to self evaluation right. from season one to season two is MJ's performance like it he really looked I mean he had like what like I think like 16 in the first quarter or something or yeah. maybe it was like 14 but he was definitely off to the races so it looked like and the Celtics controlled a lot of that game but the Raptors didn't get away from what they wanted to do. And it was just really Shaq's inside presence. Like Shaq was still, uh, if there's, there's one other tweak I'd like to see for those Raptors would be uh, Steph Curry shot selection. I'd like to see him a little, I mean, he'll get inside the paint, but still a lot of his threes are coming off like quick turns and just kind of like firing off balance when he kind of has time to like sit. I mean, I know he's a great shooter, but, uh, but he did, he had a huge, Steph Curry had a huge three in the fourth quarter yeah. that kind of set up the overtime, which the uh, the Raptors were eventually able to dominate. So uh, really, really excited about this um, second game. I don't really see any changes on either side. I mean, all I would say from the Celtics is it's kind of that typical Mab thing with the simulation you can't get away from. I think the Celtics might have been up uh, at least 12, maybe 14 in that fourth quarter, yeah. uh, at least at the beginning of it. But, you know, you kind of get away from your playing style. Um, and he just kind of the computer starts making kind of weird shots or it goes a little cold in an inopportune time or there's just iso ball like it's coming down when you need to be even in the middle of that fourth quarter up by double digits you need to still be working the clock a little bit and not just dribbling down and kind of like firing from the free throw line to jump shot with the hand in your face so i mean that'll be it but i uh, definitely definitely excited about this game too yeah this will be interesting um to see because both teams you know dominated at certain points of that game so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out over a three-game series uh let's go to the spurs and uh your your pelicans there sir let's do it so the i mean these guys played in the regular season uh we didn't it wasn't one of the live games that were that we did so i don't fully the simulations when we don't watch i don't know like something kind of high it just doesn't feel the same i mean i guess I would just want to see how this happened because the, you know, the, there was a couple of games where my Pelicans didn't break 70 points or didn't, yeah, didn't get into the eighties, which is, which is kind of nuts and hard to picture just watching yeah. 
team in real life, especially if you're thinking about playing like a teams that have players in the 60s and 70s doesn't matter uh these guys played and you know uh the spurs beat them by 20 so setting this line was a little difficult and uh it was the spurs controlled most of this game uh but the the pelicans didn't let it get away from them uh just tongue and distance i mean carl malone is absolutely terrifying yeah and there, there's a lot of just kind of Malone owning things, Malone scoring at will, like if Malone got the ball in the point, especially against these guys. Because, you know, my Pelicans, there's there's not a lot of, you know, a, a lot of – expect a lot of size or challenges, like in the paint once you get it down there. So Malone was able to back down. And it just came to a point where some big shots were hit, uh, some big threes. Kobe looked really good. Uh, Kevin Durant looked good. And just Malone forced to take this jumper – um, from like 18 feet out, kind yeah. of like elbow angle as time expires and just doesn't go down. Uh, yeah, tough shot. And that's the thing is, is the, the, you know, to the whole philosophy of your Pelicans is like, all right, that's fine. But then, you know, Kevin Dar- uh, Durant was abusing Malone on the defensive end because he couldn't, he couldn't stay in front of him defensively and slide his feet fast enough to get there. And you guys were spreading them all out. Um, you know, Akeem is, is a guy that for you guys that, you know, is, is just that backline defender that had a couple key blocks here and there. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Kobe Carmelo was big off the Carmelo, bench for you. Was huge. Yeah. He's, you know. uh, sometimes when you find one of these players that just fit, right. Like I wouldn't want Carmelo Anthony as one of my starters just because he, there can be little concerns about just uh, distrib- distributing the ball, getting around, but off the right. bench, he's great because he's just he's got the fresh legs. You know, he'll he can blow by some guys. I uh, I mean he's you know, he's got a great shooting percentage, so he can put it down. So it's good to get him in the game a little bit. And he definitely uh the first, I remember it being like the second quarter or something, you know, kept it to where it didn't get like anything obnoxious obnoxious that would be like impossible to overcome. Right, exactly. Yeah, and you've got shooters all around, so that that's really good. It'll be interesting to see like the matchup between like because Magic Johnson is on the Spurs as well, too, going against Tony Parker. Like that's, that'll be a, a, a separating sp- uh, point there to see if they go into that and kind of, you know, tag team Malone and, uh, and uh, magic on the offensive end and see what they could do with that. Yeah. Are there any spur changes coming up that we should look for? Not that I've heard from, not that I've heard from yet, but the, you know, you still got plenty of time before the game. Um, you know, there's been some minute changes on the bucks as we slide over to the bucks heat. Uh, there's been some minute changes, and I think they moved and beat into the starting lineup. The sixth man of the year, they've now moved into the starting lineup. You got to take that trophy away then. Get to yeah. my boy, Marlo Anthony, disqualified. <laughs> um, yeah, that's good. He's got to do it a little bit. I mean, um, you know, jump. Oh, well, I did want to cover one more thing with that. Oh, I sure. Was, I was thinking maybe Tony Parker looked good. I He seemed a little too confident to shoot. He has like a couple too many shots for my taste. I thought about maybe going back to Moncrief just against these guys for size, but then like I kind of don't have a true point guard out there. But that's the that's what I ran the first time, and like distribution of the ball still, still is success. I don't know. I was, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's definitely something, something like, to think about. Yeah, there's still something to also is like if it's not broke, don't fix it. Like yes. make it should be a this should be the Spurs problem right now. You know what I'm saying? Because we won the first game. Exactly. Just, yeah. Yeah, and now you're going on. You're now you're going on the road. You might maybe adjust their minutes. I'm at home, baby. Yeah, or I'm sorry, you're going. Yeah, they're going on the road, and yeah. you're at home. Maybe you might adjust the minutes so they're playing. You know, maybe equal number of minutes. Maybe you can see how in those few minutes where they maybe Magic versus Moncrief match matches up. 
then you're like, all right, well, let's see how, let's see how that shakes out. But you know, you, that that's your call to make and you've got some time before, before you set that all up. We'll see what happens. Okay. So let's jump to that heat bugs game. Um, obviously the least close game out of the four that we got to cover. Uh, I mean, you got to be feeling good about where your heat, where your heat's at. Yeah. I mean, we, we ran the same offense pace and space uh, during the regular season. I went uh, 12, all 12 deep on the roster. I wanted everyone to get minutes. I wanted to see kind of what everyone could do in the games that we broadcast in the limited time. You know, my team is not a shooting team. Like we don't have a lot of knockdown shooters like your Pelicans. That's just not our thing, but we do have a lot of like athletic drive and Moses Malone has been great for us because not only is he like, he just gobbles up defensive rebounds, but he's led the league. Like in real life, he led the league in offensive rebounds, like four years in a row. So he's gotten us a couple second chance chance points when we needed him. Uh, and Dwayne Wade has just been huge. He just is carving everybody up. Uh, it's, it's, it, your team is explosive and not explosive. Yeah. The Pelicans are like, we like to run the ball in transitions. They're just like Dwayne Wade's beating guys off the dribble. And I think we brought it up on the broadcast and you guys, you guys can check out these first rounds of game. If you want to catch up, they're still on our Twitch account, uh, which we'll drop at the end of this. Cause I can never remember. It may remember it. You'll have to try two different slashes. I imagine. But yeah, I mean, just like LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, uh, just transit there. Yeah. He just beating people off the dribble, especially against this Joe team, which we said, uh, you know, his, starting five like Austin Robertson, Larry Bird, Jerry West, um, Pete Maravich, David Robinson, uh, Joel Embiid looks like he's going to get more minutes on there. Uh, you know, like Bill Walton, like Dominique Wilkins. These are just like, this is older generation of players and you can almost feel it. You can almost see it. Like it almost feels like if you actually took these guys out of a time machine in their prime and then took, you know, your heat, like LeBron James, uh, Dwayne Wade, uh, Giannis, and you match them up against each other, athletes are just quicker now yeah and like i feel like you really see that in this bucks heat matchup like you just kind of see like off the dribble there's a lot of times Dwayne wade you know beats his man like right up there or like Dwayne wade like leaves his feet and goes for the dunk before he's even passes guy and he's just like dunking over people yeah lebron james like quickly like just coming off the screen and just you know lebron james like left open is probably you know inside the three-point arc I mean, he's got to be like top four in the game on just like that's going to go down yeah. Yeah. He's, and that's the thing I can't get it figured out is, is that he plays, I have him set at like one of my highest, I think the highest minute number of any of my players, but he doesn't have, he's like third on the team in minutes. I can't figure out the rotation. I know it's also because I have David Thompson and Rick Barry coming off the bench that predominantly play the small forward and shooting guard positions, but I would have thought that they would have like just scooted him over and sat like Giannis or moved Giannis to the five and, and slid Moses out. Cause that's really what I want to see is like a, like a Jason kid, D Wade, Rick Barry, LeBron at the four and Giannis at the five. Like, I think that would almost be just too much to handle. Yeah. Like on the, when you put those as starter, can you just make that your starting lineup? I could, I don't know if I necessarily want to tinker with too, too much. You know what I mean? Um, you know, and I really like what Moses does for us, like on the defensive side of things. And, you know, like I said, like he's a huge offensive rebounder. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see, but that, you know, depends on what this game looks like. Maybe we can tinker around with that a little bit too. Okay. So now I got to have you be double advocate against yourself. Uh, if you're Joe running the bucks, what do you got to do to your team to at least give yourself a shot for this game too on the road? Yeah. I mean, I think or he's, 
he's at home. Yeah, he's at home. I if uh, I would shorten up my rotations. Like historically, they say like you know NBA, you play deeper into your bench during the regular season. As the playoffs, you know, you shore up your playoffs. You shore up, you know, uh, your rotations. And and a lot of times, guys just go with like their best eight players, maybe nine in a pinch. But really, you go and so like getting five minutes here for this guy in the playoffs, or five minutes there. Yeah. the playoffs might not be the wisest thing, especially if it's like, well, now, you know, if we look at their rating, I'm at like a severe deficit, like, uh, you know, like I start playing um, uh, Dwight. Dwight Howard and he's like a 92 yeah. and, and the rest of everybody on the courts a 95. Now I've, now I have that def, you know, that deficit and maybe that's not what I want to be. And, and he's got a lot of bigs not a lot of like, you know, wing players. So, and a lot of like point guards, he's got to figure out his rotations from, from that. And he runs a triangle, Um, you know, part of it is also too, just Larry Bird has to hit shots, but if he's being defended against, you know, LeBron James predominantly, that's going to be a tough, tough day for him. Yeah. Bird was a little cold looking at that. Um, All right, buddy. So the schedule coming out soon, that's all the game ones. Uh, You can catch them on Twitch. What's the Twitch address, brother? It is uh, twitch.tv backslash MAB sports podcast, all one word. Great. Uh, And then game two is coming up this week. We'll definitely look on the Instagram for an update on when those are coming up. I will schedule them around the March Madness tournament, but you guys want to check that out. If you want to be a part of Mad League Season 3, shoot us an email. It may be sportspodcast at gmail.com. All right, brother, uh, we'll punt. We'll push the uh, MVP odds. We'll have plenty of time. Oh, man, I see now I gave you all that work to edit out the, the front part. Now we're doing it. My bad, B. <laughs> My brother, bad, we all, B. We'd rather set it up to make sure we give them that hour power because ain't nobody want fucking 40 minutes of power. They need a full hour, <laughs> and they got it this time. Um, all right, MVP is really quick. I'm going to give it to UCLA Bruins, 11 seed with a play-in game. Makes it all the way to the Elite Eight. We'll see if they can get to that Final Four, but I'm sure owner Tom, who's been on here a few times to talk NBA, big UCLA fan, and there you go. They're going to the Elite Eight, knocks off Alabama. Hell yeah, nice job. I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with my Michigan Wolverines. Fuck it. Yeah. Who cares? Okay. Yeah, they played great. I was very happy watching this game. Uh, I'm very excited for Tuesday night. Tom, if you're listening, uh, good luck, man. I won't, you just had a newborn kid, so I can't be mean to it. Oh, wow. We're in that fraternity now. Yeah. We're in the fraternity of dads. Fellow dad, keeping it classy. Good for you. Uh, I guess it's been MAV Sports Podcast, episode 161. Thanks for listening. Guys, tune in. Watch that madly. You're going to want to see it. Get an email for us. Shoot one over. Podcast at gmail.com. I'm Brandon. Why don't you sign yourself off? Most awesome. Folks, if you're out there on that desert uh, planet called dune you know you can find some of that spice mablage Fame. She likes fashion. Uh.